5: Welcome to Web College here on webmasterradio.fm. It's the second of July, twenty fifteen. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. Um, it's been a uh, actually it's been a, a truly intense and interesting week. Dave, you are in Whistler, British Columbia, working off your cell phone on Skype.
4: I am, yeah, yeah. And un- unfortunately, you know what? I-, I always come well well stocked with uh, with electronics. Um, I brought my computer with me, fortunately we had a, a backup laptop, and uh, all of a sudden, like five minutes before the show, well, yesterday my computer started to really glitch out at me, going CPU up to 100%, I went to my laptop, laptop wouldn't launch Skype for me, all of it, like five minutes before the show, I find out, a <laughs> little bit of a last minute panic, uh, but, uh, you know, yeah, fortunately, Skype on my cell phone works just fine.
5: Well, that's a remarkably clear signal, Like, seriously.
4: I, I know technology is uh, making some big advances because if we tried this just a few years ago, it would not have gone as well.
5: Well, I mean, it might have to do with you being like seven or eight thousand feet above sea level right now, too. <laughs> like you got, a, you got a clear signal to the nearest repeater, right?
4: I do, yeah. I mean, yeah, and it's a it's a well stocked, uh, you know, city. So <laughs> for uh, for electronics and that sort of stuff, so I'm they tie knelt- <laughs> it together.
5: Well. You were uh, how long you been up in Worcester for?
4: How long? Uh, Nine days. (laughs) So I've been here for a good good few days. I'm here uh, until this weekend, and uh, you know, then yeah, got to go back. But uh, here for the two big Canada Day Independence Day. Here for the two big holidays.
5: Okay, but you were you were in uh, you were at home uh, in your office last week, last Friday specifically, right?
4: I was. Yes. Well, no, I was in transit on Friday. Actually, sorry
5: uh so you didn't see, you didn't necessarily see it happen the rainbowification of facebook is that a word rainbowification
4: it is now it certainly should be um yeah you you couldn't miss that one. I could be on the moon I would have managed to have watched
5: that happen i'm sure okay now there's a there's commenters out there um who have said that the uh rainbow image filter that uh you know, people could, could could put over their images to, uh, you know, celebrate the Supreme Court decision on same-sex marriage. There's a lot of people who are saying that was actually an experiment by Facebook. You know, a sociological experiment to see who's going to get the filter and who's not going to get the filter.
4: What do you think? And what are they assuming by people? Who, you know what I think, and, and we all would too, it, everything's an experiment, right? Like, when have you ever done anything you know, sort of major on your website and knock on, gee, I wonder what happens. We all do. You change your header. I wonder what happens. You change like any of those things. So I think everything's turned into an experiment. Was that its origin? Maybe, maybe not. Um, it probably just came up as an idea of a thing to do. And then, you know, who, who involved in the web world wouldn't go, okay, now what can we take from that? And how do we, how do we sort of cascade that information across, uh, across the results because it does tell you a significant thing about those individuals who do that
5: well there goes the rest of that segment you're just like totally concisely explained exactly <laughs> what i think happened that was excellent <laughs> um I, I totally agree with you i think somebody you know someone at facebook thought wow this would be a cool thing and let's remember who these people at facebook are they're just like us Get to produce a phenomena and see a bunch of numbers from that phenomena, and who the heck isn't going, to, you know, learn from and 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 mold their behavior from the data they get from, you know, what was really looks like a community good turn, but you know now, now you got all these interesting numbers in front of you. You gotta consider them, right?
4: Almost oh, certainly, and I mean, let's let's be honest. It tells you some stuff about. I'm um, targeting for ads. It tells you some stuff about targeting for pages. People will like things like that. Like it tells you a whole lot. Just that one simple filter um, actually tells you quite a bit about the individual themselves. You know, and, and people, you know, they're always showing, you know, you all, might also be friends with. OK, well, this is will be another metric that they can go. OK, but you two, you know, have stuff more in common and you only share one friend, but you're more equal. You know, just one more metric. Um, I know I personally would be looking at that as Facebook going, OK, I know stuff about how to target ads at you now, because from that you can all of a sudden gather certain things about the demographic. Um, right. Take the, the demographic data out of, you know, who would be doing that. Now, you you know it, of course, and, and, and you know, certain political leanings they may have and stuff and just go, OK, now we can fire ads at you specifically like that.
5: Um, now, something I found interesting from a Michelle, a Michelle Simpson-Ross article uh, that appeared in the SEM post today, she was uh, looking at the, the rainbow filter and the algorithmic echo chamber. So it's a great piece. Uh, again, uh was first story published this morning in, uh, in the SEM post. And uh, Michelle's asking, like, given that Facebook serves information on people's news feeds based on their interests, is this like... Furthering the stratification of Facebook, uh, she notes, and uh, she notes a phenomenon that I totally didn't see on my Facebook news feed. a number of people with uh, with crosses across their uh, across their profile picture. I'm assuming noting their opposition to the Supreme Court decision. Now, I didn't see a single post like that on, on, on my uh, um, extreme equality focused Facebook uh, personal Facebook newsfeed, and I think Michelle might have a point here that you know as Facebook helps us identify ourselves it also stratifies the various news feeds so there's a whole other conversation happening out there that I am no longer privy to you know that's true that's and uh, I actually had this discussion with
4: Jim uh, Boykin, like on, because he had mentioned this on Facebook, and there was actually what well, the discussion wasn't between me and Jim, it was between me and, and one of his, his other friends there. Um, when we were discussing the like that there are people who are unfiltering, people who won't or, or who are objecting to this, and that's what, you know, sort of using this as a symbol of going, okay, we're not friends, right? Like, y- this is one of my filters out there on both sides using this as a filter out and and the problems that leads to and exactly what what you're talking about like let's view it as you know i i mean i support the the ruling you support the ruling obviously uh, you know so but if we have people in our friend group right now who don't is that a reason to unfriend them well now the only you know sort of opinions they're ever going to see are related to people like that like the 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 polarization you're talking about where I need to have access to their information. They need—I I want them to have access to my opinions on on the subject. Um, so, you know, yeah, as we're polarizing more and more, I think it is leading to some problems, and we need to make sure that we're sort of "quote unquote" accepting of the others, um, people whose opinions may differ, so that we can learn from them. But also, if we're wanting to sway them, we're not going to do it shouting at them, right? Well, you, you need to be there to, to
5: discuss. Indeed, um, but Michelle took it an extra step further when she, uh, in, in her article at the SEM post, where she notes that uh, Facebook is now getting in uh, in negotiations with major newspaper publishers, major news publishers, uh, uh, magazines, and uh, uh, broadcast TV. Mm-hmm. Facebook wants to be everybody's one-stop shop for news. Um, it, it's, it, it. Facebook is very likely the world's greatest aggregator ever. But again, there is so much information being fed into Facebook that each of us as individuals are seeing like what? Like 0.5% of Get that. Yeah, what's actually on there. So uh, anyway, it's an interesting question. What will this do to the news industry if people receiving the news are so terribly stratified. I mean, you, you think Fox and MSNBC are a world apart. Imagine what's coming 10 years from now.
4: Well, there's, there's that side, and then there's, of course, our propensity, and, and a study was done. I know it was 80-something percent. I can't remember specifically what it was and I done the study in front of me. Um, but of titles are the only thing read on a story, and people are commenting, right? Like, with having only read a title and that, that brief description. So even, you know, whether you, you like Fox News or not, Generally, if you're getting your information from say Fox News, you've heard their title, right, and you've also heard the story you you're getting more than just you know eight words and a brief little you know 20 word description to formulate an opinion on. you know you're, you're actually hearing something. so in some ways, I think it is actually a bit of a move back you're getting a broader access to news, but the format of it is making you make you know decisions and have passionate arguments based on. Virtually no information, <laughs> like other than a title that's meant as clickbait and you know ten word description of of the thing that probably ended with a dot dot <laughs> dot and you didn't actually get a full piece of of what and and in you go and you're having arguments. I mean I've seen them, you've seen them. I'm sure all of our you know mm-hmm. listeners have seen them where you go in and you you've read a story and you see some of the comments and it's like oh c- clearly you have no idea what the author actually said <laughs> because Dude, you know, having
5: in paragraph two it's 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 opposite of what you're saying. Having spent way too many hours arguing with climate change deniers and uh, people who think think that going back to the gold standard is smart economics, I can assure you many of the people on Facebook have no idea what they're talking about.
4: <laughs> you know what and there's issues I have no idea what I'm talking about, and I'll form very passionate opinions about them too right and and then I'll be reminded stop, read it. <laughs> I don't form a passionate opinion on a title. Uh, so, anyway, uh, it is a, and, you know, what? you and I, one day we can discuss gold standard, but we won't do that on the radio.
5: No, <laughs> no, nope. nope. you're not one of them
4: gold bugs, are you? No, no, I'm not, but I understand the simplicity of the logic and how it makes sense to people. But anyway.
5: Oh, <laughs> well, yeah, simple's great. Okay, um, let's, um, we got about, what, four or five minutes before we gotta take our first break. I want to lead into a story that I think we're actually going to have to deal with in the, in the second segment. But this mm-hmm. is a, 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 a good lead into it. There's a lot of movement in the search engine alliances right now, eh? Yep. Like, you know how... Um, I mean, you remember way back in the day when uh, Yahoo was um, receiving all of its search results from, uh, from Google... I mean, there was there was a time when all the major players, when there were more than three major players. By the way, there was like Netscape and uh, 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 Lycos and uh, Magellan, yeah. etc. Many yeah. of whom, many of which were receiving their uh, core results from Google or from some Google affected property.
4: And sure, that, well, there uh, was the. I mean, Bruce Clay had done the great "Who Powers Whom." You know, I mean, I know you used it. Anybody who remembers it, that's how, you know, you were there a while ago. But, yeah, it's where they actually had to do big diagrams relations. showing who's getting results from who because you lost
5: track. Well, and then uh, of it went to this, this bipolar universe where you had almost everyone getting results from Google and only a couple getting results from the upstart Bing, Bing yeah. one of which was Yahoo. Mm-hmm. And when, because Yahoo was receiving its search results from Bing, Bing effectively saw its search share reach almost like you know the 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 mid twenties if you include Yahoo uh, Yahoo in those results uh, Yahoo's getting like twelve and a half percent of of all searches conducted in the states where uh, Bing is getting oh, I don't know in the twenty range just below twenty percent we know when this leaves Google with about seventy percent well okay here's how this works Yahoo is switching away from Google but AOL is switching and, and yeah, I'm sorry. Yahoo is switching away from Bing to Google, but AOL is switching away from Google to Bing.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: I think I got that right. I think <laughs> you
4: hard, did too, yeah. <laughs> hard to
5: tell. And they're all doing it for different reasons. Yahoo is... I mean, it's really hard with Yahoo to really know where they're coming from, but apparently Yahoo is dissatisfied with the quality of Bing search results, but they're really dissatisfied with revenues generated for advertising. And uh, Marissa Mayer believes that she can build a better mousetrap or that, that Yahoo can build a better mousetrap and wants to get Yahoo back into the core search business. That's what the media says. I don't know if that's, if that's true or not. It feels like a weird thing for Yahoo to do, You know, because if you don't use the muscle enough, that muscle atrophies. But we'll see. We'll see. But we we, we know that Yahoo wants out of its arrangement with Bing, so it's snuggling up to Google. Meanwhile, AOL wants to snuggle up to Bing because it thinks it can make more money off advertising that way. I, I find this very confusing.
4: It is. I mean, and the thing is, it, I think a lot's going to have to do with what sort of discussions are you in for. I mean, A, Marissa has a position to actually have a, a different kind of discussion with Google than, say, a lot of people would <laughs> based on her her past, um, you know, employment there. She knows um, when the bodies are buried, actually. <laughs> um, but I think in, in the case of... Google, they may well be in a position um to actually go with a zero sum um on the on the sort of revenue side of things. I mean, would you, if you were Google, um go, you know, sort of to, to Yahoo? Because they were there for the growth of, of Bing. They're part of why Bing actually became like a challenger of any kind. Um, you know, you have Yahoo coming going, Hey, we can pull our market share.
5: Dave, are you still there? Okay, we might have lost Dave. Uh Dave's connection up there in um, Whistler Mountain. Probably a good time to take a break anyway here in Webcology. So we're going to try to get Dave back. And it's you know it's about 20 minutes after the hour on the 2nd of July, 2015. You're listening to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. This is Jim Hedge from Digital Always Media. We're going to be rejoined by Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO. And we're going to do all of that after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. WebCology. Our team of experts are WordPress savvy, and our customer service is leaps ahead. See why we say our websites are designed better by leaps and bounds by going to frogontop.com. Frog on Top, your one-stop solution for the web. frogontop.com.
1: Commercial's off. Now back to Webcology.
5: Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. You're the host Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Then I think we got our Whistler cell phone gremlins worked out for now. Dave's back on the line. We were talking about uh, we were talking about Yahoo and Bing a few moments ago, but before you, before we talk a little bit more about this, there's a lot more to talk about, I got some really bad news for you, Dave. Oh, what's that? This is the worst thing I've read all day, actually. We didn't have, like, Nintendos. We didn't have uh, the Internet. We didn't have, like, Internet porn and all the stuff that keeps kids, like, really interested, right? <laughs> exactly. What we did have was bubble wrap. And we would sit there on our front porch snapping bubble wrap all day long. With our parents could put us outdoors, give us some bubble wrap, know we were safe. Because all we'd do is sit there and pop the bubble wrap. Right? Well, you know, all good things have to come to an end. Bubble wrap, as you know it, the little poppy things that you just gotta you gotta get the whole row before you can sit down again, especially if you're OCD like me. It's been around since the 1960s. That's like, you know, 55 years of snap crackle pop goodness. And they've redesigned bubble wrap so it no longer pops. Why? because they hate me. I don't know, because it's more efficient and cheaper and because uh, shipping containers are infinitely more efficient than they were back in the 1960s and because somebody got the bright idea that they need to destroy the last great memory of childhood for me.
4: And all they replaced it with was the Internet, Jim. I think you were ripped off. I know.
5: Well... (laughs) Well, now that I'm adult, I have better things to do with my time than pop bubble wrap. Thank goodness for the internet, eh? Exactly. <laughs> okay. Anyway, that 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 just popped up in my uh, in my news feed. Well, uh, well, Brasco was trying to get you back. Was trying to get your signal back again, and it just stunned me. I can't believe. One more thing before we jump back into the uh, thing. Uh, do you get, do you use Netflix? I do. Yes. Well, Netflix is an amazing service, and I I don't know what kind of deal you got in British Columbia, but out here in Ontario, I'm paying seven ninety five a month, seven dollars and ninety five cents Canadian a month, to have a library of what eight or nine thousand titles. Yeah, great. And it's just you know seven ninety five plus you know you know the the, the regular um, goods and services or harmonized sales taxes that that we pay in Canada. In the states, however. Several municipalities are applying taxes to Netflix subscriptions. Chicago, for instance, just added a 9% tax to all Netflix subscriptions. Um, I'm not exactly sure how they police that. But the era of um, taxation of digital content delivered over the web is as of well this week completely upon us. <laughs> Brasco just waits in the studio with his finger hovering above that button. Eh? <laughs> He's good um, with it. Like, Thanks, do you remember Marco. the fight over the affiliate taxes a couple of years ago? I do. Yes. In many cases, um, those taxes—I mean—they they did go through, but they're enormously hard to collect. For the, the, it requires you know self-reporting from the. From the affiliate dealers and a huge amount of um, interaction between the IRS and you know state taxation authorities, I can't imagine what they're going to go through to try to collect a Netflix tax.
4: Well, and I mean, there there is that part of me that has to wonder: um, how do you justify that? Like here, we have it; it's, it's it's fairly simple. Like you you brought up the HST or GST as we have. Now all gone on central uh, You know, for this to, in this case, to extend this to a specific service like that, I, I find that very, very peculiar and a very dangerous precedent.
5: Yeah, an interesting one, though. Uh, this is one of those time will tell how this actually turns out sort of things. Um, can municipalities collect this tax? Well, of course they can. I'm curious if more are going to jump on, and if increased taxation of digital content will make that digital content uh, less attractive to the consumer.
4: Right. Well, and you know, and, and I guess that's that's fair enough. My problem, oddly enough, isn't actually with Netflix being taxed; it's taxed for me. But it's all things are taxed, <laughs> right? Like where it's a it's a universe where I find it dangerous is to be picking and choosing specific services like that to go. Netflix is taxed. Well, but what about, you know, everything else that I get on my, you know, is my, you know, New York times subscription taxable. It should be if Netflix is right. Like if it's digital content is taxable. And, and so I, I'm okay with it the way we pay it. Cause it's just a global truth. But to go in and say, this is, and this, you know, isn't because we haven't chased after it yet. That's a dangerous, dangerous precedent.
5: Well, actually, that's kind of what I was getting at, and I'm wondering if this is the beginning of, um, you know, just finding a tax on any bit of digital content that you have coming in. In this case, it's for Netflix, but like as you said, why shouldn't it be for the New York Times?
4: Well, and, and it, it, I mean, in a lot of ways, if you're going to do it to Netflix, you better, because otherwise you're creating a more favorable climate for some digital content than others, and to me, that's the danger. Indeed. Um, to, to have preference and go, hey, not Hulu, right? Like, why? Why not YouTube, right? I mean, I know YouTube's free, but are the advertisers or, you know, it, it just, it gets into a dangerous, dangerous thing. Of course, I don't want to be taxed more. I figure I've been taxed quite enough, and I think most people feel about the same, um, but at the same time, I don't want to see competitive advantages going to one company over another that aren't earned by good service but are, are done by, by government taxation to provide an advantage of one over the other.
5: Well, and, and incidentally, I'm pretty sure that would be one of those laws of unintended consequences sort of things. I don't, I doubt that the city of Chicago wants to favor print content over Netflix. Um, but Netflix, I mean, it's like, who doesn't subscribe to Netflix, right? Right.
4: It's so pick such a, a thing you know you can tax everybody on.
5: Well, indeed, it's just <laughs> such a massive user base. Um, in fact, Netflix has more subscribers. Now, this doesn't necessarily mean active watchers, but more subscribers than Nielsen ratings give viewers of the uh, three traditional major networks combined. So ABC, wow. CBS, uh, NBC, put all of their viewers combined, and you don't have as many uh, viewers as there are subscribers to Netflix.
4: Oh, people will pay to not have commercials. That's what I've learned there. <laughs> They'll oh. watch older shows without commercials and pay for it.
5: There's a "Who's the Boss?" joke in here, and I just can't complete the circle. <laughs> Darn it! Okay, let's jump back to the uh, to the Yahoo and uh, Yahoo and uh, uh, Bing story because I'm, I'm I'm finding this really interesting. And uh, there was an article that was up at the uh, again at the SEM Post today. You know, we're gonna. We're, we're, we're going to have to start charging Jennifer Slagg advertising revenue because like, you know, she's <laughs> such, a, such a, a great magazine, daily magazine. We can't help but you know, mention it over and over again, eh? Yeah, well,
4: yeah. exactly. I guess that's the problem with being – or I guess that's the perk of providing good content. That's actually the point
5: of providing good content, actually. Oh, wow. So this is just sort of like organic, huh? Organic mentions?
4: <laughs> exactly. If only oh. Google could crawl
5: here and count it as a link. Okay, you know what organic mentions. I hope I'm I'm hoping somebody in the in the office behind the studio is like writing this stuff down, eh? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um in the article uh, that was uh, again published uh, earlier today written by Jennifer Slag, what yahoo testing Google search results over Bing really means. Um in this article, Jennifer posts screenshots taken by Aaron Wall from SEO Book. And uh they show some significant differences between Google-generated results at Bing, I'm sorry, Google-generated results at Yahoo, and Bing-generated results at Yahoo. In the uh, Google-generated results, you have a lot more obvious paid advertising at the very top of the page, above above the general search results. Yeah. Then you have room for only actually five actual search results that were not paid for. and you have a whole list of related searches um, that you know click the links they take you to the organic ish version of the original of the related search-hmm And of course you have um, the regular Yahoo goodies, um, the list of different ways of using the Yahoo search engine web image video news, local answers etc. when, when do they, were these results generated uh, the last day, last week, last month. So, you have lots of ads, five organic listings, two more ads pushed off to the sides, um, you know, like, like where you would expect AdWords to sit, and, and links to um, five to ten related organic search results, result pages. Bing results, on the other hand, look a lot more helpful to search users when seen on the Yahoo page, you have one paid ad at the very top, eight organic ads or eight organic listings underneath, three obvious ads off to the uh, the right hand side of the screen, and again the uh, 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 the Yahoo um, selection of ways to use their search engine. And I'm sorry, I meant to say that the Google results are actually more useful to the searcher. But they have fewer organic listings. While the the Bing Results, you know, have a lot more a lot more advertising you can go after. But much fewer. Um, but more organic listings.
4: Well, it's it, it theirs are a, are a little a little craftier the way uh, the way I'm seeing Bing put them in there, um, like when yeah or Yahoo putting them in with uh, with Bing, a couple little subtle differences that are in there. I mean, one thing that I like about the way Yahoo's displaying Google and, and Google does it themselves is they group them all together, right? Like ads. Here they are, um, all nicely grouped together. But if we look over to the right, we've got related searches, as, as Google likes to provide, um, on the Bing results. And, and for everybody who wants to see a visual, head on over to the SEM post there. Now it's another uh, audio link back to, uh, back to the SEM post. Um, <laughs> whereas with <laughs> the Thomas, Bing please. results, they're, they're a little more, um, a little more hidden, as, as you've seen. So beside the URL, it's, it's got the word add. Um, it looks like they're going more to organic. But in reality, I think they're hiding them better. But the, the thing I find really sneaky is if you go over to the right-hand side where with the Google results we would have related searches, um, with the Bing results, it's actually see more ads for. Uh, you right, know what, folks? Dave?
5: You're, you're right, and I, I sit here corrected. Absolutely. All those organic things that I was uh, – all those organic placements that I, I was commenting on, I, I now see the little very subtle word, ad, 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 ad. Oh,
4: yeah, they, they've done it crafty. And I think part of the problem that sort of made it hidden and it's actually, you know, I mean she does some, some great, great work. But in the actual write up, because she'd obviously clicked on the top link or had been to go figure, probably has Moz. <laughs> and that was the top paid one. It was coming in a different color that, that took my eye. I made the same mistake you did. Um, When I was first looking at it and actually had to dig like when while you were chatting, I had the opportunity to be looking at what you were talking about Went, oh, wait, (laughs) there they are. Uh, It it is actually a a little different. So, um, you know, at the end of the day, what it comes down to, I think, to me um, and and we actually chatted about this last week when I was sort of mocking Yahoo um, for, for, you know, their their pushes and, and stuff, trying to get all this traffic there with a bad result. I think this is a case of they're needing to prove or they need to improve their results. Maybe they were listening to our show, Jim, uh, and, and knowing this this rant that was going on and, and that the results actually are poor. If she can get, and by she, I mean Marissa, if she can get a better result set for while she's just trying to grow their traffic, great. On Google's end, I mean...
5: I think we've lost Dave again. Oops. <laughs> the... Uh, the, the, the the beauty of remote radio. For Google, this means a lot more users. Uh, Getting back that 12.7% of the market isn't a bad place to be, uh, again, for Google. SEOs, this has got to be a good thing, given that the Google algorithm is the, you know, the the algo that, that, that most SEOs follow, chase, and consider, you know, quite closely. This gives us a much larger you know, a much larger uh, set of uh, 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 results to, to to target, or at least a larger number of people looking at those result sets. I'm getting a message from Studio that uh, we're going to try to get Dave on the phone. We're almost at 22 the top of the hour um, on the 2nd of July, 2015. So, folks, we're going to take another break. We're going to get Dave Davies back on the phone. You're listening to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. Again, this is 2nd of July, 2015. Stick around. More coming up after this break.
1: Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. will be back after this short break. As the number one domain name auction platform, Namejet.com is the best place to find domains for your business or investment. So light the afterburners to the domain name aftermarket and fly over to Namejet.com at mock speed to get great domains today. Namejet.com
3: Looking for a better way to get more traffic and interaction to your Facebook page? Imagine Facebook interactivity on your page like you've never seen.
1: off Now back to Webcology, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here are the host Jim Hedger and Dave Davies.
5: Hey everyone, we're both back here on Webcology and WebmasterRadio.fm. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, Dave Davies from Beechstock Internet Marketing, and you are listening to Webcology on WebmasterRadio.fm, 2nd of July, 2015, and this time we got him on the phone. He ain't going anywhere. <laughs> That's the dream. Let's keep our fingers crossed. He have done
0: Skype on Wi-Fi, Skype on data. Now we're trying uh, the phone. So we're, we're going back in time in technologies, but let's see how this goes.
5: Well, you know, one of the funny things, you, you were, now the, the weird thing is you were using Skype on, on both data and over the cell line on the same device you're talking on right now, right? Exactly. Totally different sound in your voice. It's a it's a, oh. it's an interesting thing. You, well, you sound a lot more mechanical and tinny now, and this is one of the things like cell phones do when they're jumping from repeater to repeater to repeater, right? So that's, I just find that kind of neat. So during the commercial breaks, I often you know go back to uh, Google Analytics or uh, Google Web, the tool formerly known as Google Webmaster Tools now known as Search Console. Right. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I obsess on this stuff, right? Like I got, I got four reports that I'm looking at at any given time, um, you know, a stable of clients who I've got to be reporting on day after day after day. And so during, during the commercial breaks, that's like, you know, a good two minutes, 30 seconds where you can at least get a sense of how one or two of your clients are doing, you know, just to make sure there's nothing to panic on in the next 15 minutes, you know, Google Analytics and, again, Google Search Console, they, they do give us a, a, a lot of information to, uh, to make our assumptions on. But sometimes it's hard to combine. Well, it's impossible currently using Search Console to combine two different clients into one report. And sometimes you want to do that because, you know, there's certain factors that affect your website and, you know, might be affecting um, or that affect website A. You want to see if they're affecting website uh, B, C, or D, right? Right. And you know how you do comparative reports where you know you can set like the date range a month in advance and you can, a month I'm sorry a month uh, the month previous and then compare with what you're doing this month you know
0: today's the day I'm doing monthly reports I know exactly what you're talking about because I was doing it right before our right before our show
5: okay and, and doing that really helps clarify the performance of a website and you know how it's been faring over time right right but you still can't, in the same window, at the same time, compare two different URLs? Google Search Console wants to know a couple of things. A, do we want that as webmasters? And B, what do we want it to look like? That's kind of cool, eh? Well, that's a a great question. And it's funny
0: because a lot of times um, I keep, I I don't know how you have yours yours orchestrated. Um, For a lot of clients, I keep them in separate uh, logins. So it wouldn't really affect that I can do in a, in a large scale, oh, only because, and, you know, I'm, I'm sure you have these two. You'll have a client coming to you with a penalty. Do you really want them dumped in there? I mean, I'm not over-paranoid when it comes to Google making assumptions across my, you know, account. Not necessarily a good thing uh, to have a bunch of penalties in with some, some your good clients and, and stuff like that. So, But I think the short answer is for, I think, a lot of people, it would be really, really helpful. Um, and to me, hey, one more element of data is great. It is going to be more difficult, though, because they don't tend to show the same data in, in as nice a way. They can't. Um, in the search console, almost called a webmaster tools, that they do in analytics. But, yeah, if they could show us, like, quick graphs, one URL over another, and, uh, I think for the same reason you'd like it is yeah if I can compare three or four or five domains and you can see these ups and downs at the same time or see changes happening you know at a specific point and go okay what did we do with that one we didn't do with that one
5: I think mean, like you I, I would think that would be a, a great thing to have. Absolutely, it would make Search Console. Um, well, it would anything that widens our analytic capabilities and is a tool that we can share directly on screen with our clients. We can walk them through and teach them how to do their own analytics. Anything that gives us more data is useful to us, to our clients, um, and I suggest ultimately to Google.
0: Well, that's it. I mean, in a lot of ways, I get that they can't give us, you know, secrets on the algorithm itself, but if they can help us figure out where problems are happening and where what areas the problems are in, um, you know, if we can help our clients better, I'm referring to, to sort of white hat SEOs here. Uh, if we can help our clients better, that's naturally going to help Google. Uh, but of course, they can't get too much information. We all know this because not everybody's white hat. <laughs> so, uh, you know, you can't get too much, but I, I, think, I think it's a great idea and would help us really start to pinpoint, you know, a lot more cause and effect um, kind of things going on when major updates are happening, especially as I'm thinking, right, a panda happens. You know, being able to see in one place, who went up, who went down. Um, you know, put it in a context of, okay, what were we doing for the last few months? Okay, now we know what, uh, what's working, what's not, who's who's taking losses, that sort of thing, where it may not be as, as obvious.
5: Yeah. Well, again, Google is taking a very short survey. It's only a few questions long. If you want to get to that survey, go to search engine land, and look at a post that was put up by Barry Schwartz yesterday. You'll know it when you see it. The title is "Would you like to compare your sites in Google Search Console? Let Google know." In there, there are two links to the survey, which um, you know white, might be one link too many. And we ought to think about how many links you put in. Three, I'm oh, sorry, three links to the same survey. Um, <laughs> out of like 150 words, three of them are links, and the anchor text is all "survey." I think Google's going to rank low on the word "survey" from now on. Um, not helpful, guys Um. anyway, you'll be able to find the survey quite easily when you look at the article because there's three links to it clearly people in land want you to take this survey
0: <laughs> well, you know what in a lot of cases to me, though this is, it's, it's kind of our song. like I know I'll be taking the survey I'm sure you will too um, if you don't it's kind of like voting. Less important than voting, let me be clear here. But it's kind of like voting. If you don't go in and go, hey, here's what I think you should do, don't complain if they don't do what you want. <laughs> you, you do have to voice an opinion and give them some ideas. They can't do everything, but let them know what you think. So you, you may have some great ideas that, that could help a lot of webmasters you know, jump in there. In this case, they're asking a, you know, a specific question, but they have opened it up in the past. Uh, and this is our chance to so let, let Google know what we want and, and how they can help us help them produce a better set of results.
5: To sort of change the subject, you ever you ever you ever see the play Waiting for Godot? Samuel Beckett. No. It's a, it's a great play. It involves uh, two uh, two uh, homeless guys sitting talking about life, the universe, and everything while they're waiting for their friend Godot to show up. That's just an amazing conversation, witty. Brilliant conversation. Well, uh, again, two uh, two homeless guys, Vladimir and uh, Estragon, are, are are waiting for their buddy Godot, and Godot never shows up. But they keep talking about you know their life, the universe, and everything, and Godot showing up who never shows up. I feel that way about Panda. <laughs> Panda waiting for Google, you know, <laughs> and Dave. Yeah, this is. Sorry? Go ahead. We've been, we've been talking about this for, what, two months now? Just sort of sitting yeah. here talking about it? I feel like I'm in an absurdist play by Samuel Beckett.
0: It's, it's frustrating. Like, you, you would think, I mean, you have to get your mind to this. If Google's not ready to launch it, it shouldn't be launched. right? I mean, you know, if, if it's not in the shape of their confidence, it's going to help the results. Good. I mean, I, I guess I'm glad they're delaying. But they've been doing this a lot lately. And it's it's frustrating for us as webmasters, and they should learn, you know, to, to maybe appreciate this a little more, that uh, after you know, so many years of running an engine, you should be able to kind of guesstimate how long things <laughs> it's a little better than they're doing right now. Um, mm-hmm. they keep saying, Okay, it's it's roughly in the timeline and I understand it has to be roughly and they'll deploy it when it's ready, but they keep guessing way off like it should have launched by now. They did this think, a little while back.
5: Um, yeah, it's it's, it's problematic. The, pro- the the biggest problem I have with this and all and it's you know the, it's a uh, uh, panda's attendant friend penguin is just the you know webmaster purgatory that so many people are sitting in. It's really there are sites out there that are still actively losing ranking bit by bit by bit by bit because Google hasn't updated. These algorithms in uh, who the heck knows how long. I've lost count. Right. And I know yeah, it's, no, it's been I, long. I find that very frustrating. And you, I'm getting, you know, you read and hear complaints. Um, I got one client who is stuck in purgatory right now. Everything is perfect, but we need this update to see what clears, right. I think.
0: <laughs> oh. it, is, it is a problem. And, and I mean, it, it sucks, I think, a lot especially when it's happened repeatedly because how do you feel when you're telling a client here's your timeline and then you're off and you've been off a few times because Google told us and then they were off and at some point the client's got to kind of look at you and go do you do you people really not even you specifically but us as a whole because you control join the articles over all time like do, do people at all know anything <laughs> like do you know do we know, you know it, it I think acts against us so when we're going, okay, Google's telling us this, and then they don't do it again. You know, I know I as a client, I've been doing this long enough for of so most of our listeners to go, okay, yeah, that's just Google, and this is what they do. Um, but I think for people who don't know and they're just sort of hiring, and this is like your certain time in the year that you've gone, okay, well, I guess I was wrong again. I said about four weeks, and, you know, here we are at eight. Right? <laughs> Whoops. Um, you know, I'd be kind of looking at the client going, what what does paying attention to the what the industry is doing get there at all because it's
5: seems wrong? <laughs> uh, <laughs> and here's the thing. We're reporting exactly what Google is reporting to us. But well, yeah. that's it. And it doesn't mean the actions that you're taking are wrong. And I think that's where it,
0: it's problematic, right? Like, what we're doing, the actions of us and a lot of SEOs, that I think, are taking are right It's just on the core thing that we have to report to the client—the thing that they can gauge whether we're doing our job right or not—keeps being wrong because Google keeps giving us the wrong dates for things. Um, And I think that's the really unfortunate part: is you can be doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing, and then still look (laughs) bad. You're reporting a timeline that Google's giving you, and they're not sticking to it. Well, that's why
5: we use words, like, in our practice, at any rate. I never say Google said they're going to have this out next week. I always say imminent. Google says this is imminent. I figure that provides me cover, but, I mean, Google, we're actively redefining what imminent means here.
0: (laughs) Imminent is measured in months.
5: Oh, it's Google. It's You know, it's Google time, man. Everybody yeah, like anybody has
0: gotta look and go, but the internet's faster, right? Like imminent doesn't even work in much in like the real world. <laughs> Let alone the internet world. But I, I totally get what you're saying, and that is a wise way to word it. Uh everybody I think can, can take a take that as a lesson. I know I certainly will be a good word to use.
5: It sounds really good the first five times you say it, but after a while they uh they they uh they questioned the use of the word imminent. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, we're about uh, we got about two, three minutes left. What else do we have? Um, here, here's a neat. Do, do you have something you want to bring up? Because I got one that I think is kind of neat. Shouldn't take too long. But what do you got? Well,
0: there's one. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll go. I'll go the the CNN route. I didn't know if I'd uh, I'd want to cover it, but this is you know it, it sort of touches on my problems I was having as a whole with Facebook tagging, um, and it's a story going on over at CNN today. Um, and Google is tagging. Uh, you know, some of their software is, is tagging images as they go in. Um, it came up and it had tagged a bunch of the images, and unfortunately for Google, and they're in a race right now to fix this. Um, they used and I'm not going to list off what it is just because it's native. But if you want to see the full story, go on over to CNN. Um, but essentially, they had tagged a black couple in the photo with a racial slur, um, and this is auto tagging that they're using to group pictures together. It's clear that racial
5: slur was not the N-word.
0: No, no, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. But it's, it's definitely not, you know, not favorable. Definitely a, like, I, I looked at it and I was like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. I, 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 I won't repeat it until, like, go read the full story, then you get it in the, in the right context of everything. So that's, that's just a better way to do this. This it highlights to me part of the problem that we're talking about. We were we've discussed it lately. Facebook, uh, you know, crawling and, and tagging your your photos and stuff, and how incorrect they can be when you're using racial slurs for to represent a black couple. That is a hallmark um, of of a problem here. Um, so I, I think coming after the last week's discussion on Facebook, um, I, I think it works well this is just obviously we cannot trust systems to do this stuff. At least at this stage of the game, I know they will learn as these mistakes happen. But um, right now, I, I certainly don't trust um, the the image recognition, and I think this is a great example of why I wouldn't.
5: Yeah. Now, again, to try to, to try to bring clarity to, uh, I mean, a topic that is a charged with emotion and history. Um, this is facial recognition technology that's trying to you know, remember how last week we talked about Google Brain. Mm-hmm. Well, this is a Google Brain sort of thing. Facial, research, or in this case, Facebook facial recognition technology trying to, you know, apply its interpretation of an image of humans, but it clearly a whole bunch of bugs to work out. Still, <laughs> yeah. this was not. What I'm trying to say is this was not human done. A human did not decide to put a racial epitaph underneath this photograph. It was algorithmic mistake. Cool, okay. Just wanted to leave that so that that people weren't thinking that Facebook or somebody at Google was doing something horribly racist because they don't think they intended to. Um, But a horrible thing happened because of it. You guys can catch that story at CNN. I'm afraid that's the last story you're going to be able to catch off of Webcology today because that was the hook music. There it is again. So, friends, on behalf of Dave Davies, who is lounging in the hot, hot heat in the high, high mountains... Um, from Beanstalk Internet Marketing, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. You've been listening to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm on the 2nd of July, 2015. Stick around the network. Amazing stuff coming up after the news.